0: It's time for Building the Game, game, with Jason and friends, friends. for tabletop games on the phone never it's at the end end of the episode, that's when it technically ends. Hello and welcome to Building the Game, a documentary podcast. Today is Monday, September 30th, and you're listening to episode 383. I'm sitting here with Jason Kotarski. That's right,
1: I'm good, I'm good.
0: So I always enjoy these episodes. They're actually in the studio. Uh, I like recording with the others, but it is nice to sit across from someone
1: and talk. like to look you in your cold, dead eyes. eyes. Yes. Yeah, that's yes. yeah, good.
0: You described what it was like to record with Rob. <laughs>
1: oh. <laughs> Burn! Sorry, Rob. will never Just hear kidding. that. He'll
0: never hear that. I'm no, going to no, text no. him. No. You could. <laughs> he still will be like, I don't feel like I care enough to listen to that. <laughs> i had sent him some. We were talking about Star Wars, and I... He was like the new Star Wars trailer that came out that was crazy. And there's that last shot of Ray. that's like, what? Mm -hmm. Which is just J.J. Abrams BS. That's all that is. But it's not going to have any major effect on the story. Mark my words. But so... um,
1: He knows how to get us like drooling though yeah, over that's what, what he does. could be yep. talking for the next 4 months. Yes,
0: yes. He's like, "Well, so I had sent Rob was a picture of Ray holding a red lightsaber with a bunch of Swiss Army knife attachment blades on it." <laughs> so it was like a corkscrew blade. and instance. So, so I sent that to Rob and and then he was talking about something and uh I don't even remember what, but I was like, "Oh, like here's like I found this uh it was basically a history from the books and stuff, the current books that are like legit, right? Okay, yeah. Part of the canon. What happened between um, uh, Jedi, Return of the Jedi, and um, and then up through Last Jedi, like what actually has happened. Um, and it was it was like, it was a lot to read, but it was really interesting to just kind of hear how everything has happened um, and kind of understand like where certain characters are or why certain choices were made. And, uh, and I sent it to him and he was like, I don't feel like I care enough to read that stuff. I was like, "Thanks, buddy. You're you're cool." Um, But he, I get it. Like, right? Like, (laughs) I was reading it, and I was like, "I feel like I don't really need to read all of this. I'm going to though." Yeah, I I I totally kind of want
1: to know. Like there's so much stuff and like now the new cartoons and stuff and like I wanna yep, catch yep. up on them all, but like I can't go up back and catch up on Clone Wars and all right. those cartoons. I watched the other one, the Rebels one most of it, but then I like was waiting for them to come out on DVD because I didn't have Disney Channel or right, whatever. Right, right. And then there's this new one, the Resistance too, like which is That's the new amazing. one, amazing. Yeah, yeah. Um yeah. but I did sign up in advance for Disney Plus already to get like a super deal. Can you? Um, so
0: you just have to sign up ahead of time?
1: Well, it was like a limited through D13, which is like the Disney fan club.
0: Oh, yeah. I'm and going. it
1: was like through a certain date. And okay. it, it was free to sign up for the Disney fan club. Okay. And then you got early access to sign up. And it was only like... You paid for the whole year in advance, and it was only four bucks a month instead of eight bucks a month.
0: Still, the eight bucks a month is—you know—it's six ninety nine a month, I think.
1: Yeah, seven or eight bucks, yeah, like so whatever it was. It, it works out that I'm saving money, and like I have it on day one.
0: Right, right. No, I'm going to absolutely rec- um, buy it. I mean, they've got the Star Wars show. There are rumors that they're going to put the '90s X-Men show out there.
1: Oh wow! I know, right? I yeah. would pay
0: just to watch that
1: again. Yeah, I mean, there's so much stuff. Like my kids, like. When do I get this old Disney Channel stuff that she never she like right. knows about these shows, but she hasn't been able to watch them? Right, right. And then Muppets, there's going to be a new Muppet series. Like
0: I thought that got canceled.
1: Did it get canceled? It
0: got canceled.
1: You're you got canceled. <laughs> <I'm> sorry, because <laughs> it was like by the way,
0: there was going to be a new Muppet series, and it got canceled.
1: Well, maybe they'll change their minds after how much Dark Crystal is blowing up for Netflix right now, and they'll say Jim Henson and his puppets still have value in this world we live in.
0: Right, and w- one of my uh, favorite writers ever uh, is writing for that show, Javier really? Grigio Marswatch. Uh, That's a good name. Yeah, it's great. Right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's uh, he was he was one of the original writers for Lost, like first season oh, Lost when it was awesome. really good, uh, and maybe second season Lost. Like he was he was an early guy in there. Um, he wrote the show The Minute Man or something, or the or the the Middleman, the Middleman. Yeah, yeah. Um and he's worked on a ton of he worked on the 100. He's worked on a ton of different stuff, but now he's one of the main writers on The Dark Crystal. So, nice. he does a podcast too about um screenwriting and stuff and he's just a cool dude. So,
1: yeah. Yeah, that's red.
0: He follows me on Twitter. So <laughs> oh, cool. did
1: you like famous? I, no, no,
0: it's I met him through a mutual friend I used to work with who like went to high school with him ah. and was friends with him. He actually was starting a podcast and asked me a couple questions about how we recorded and stuff. And I was like, "Oh yeah, we do this stuff." And he's a super nice dude. uh, An email back and forth a few times, and so, so So you're basically
1: best friends now. Yeah, basically. (laughs) And this was like four years ago,
0: but he still follows me on Twitter.
1: Awesome. So that's
0: that makes me feel good. So So maybe he heard me.
1: Maybe he's heard me on a podcast. So I'm famous too. I
0: bet he's never heard me on a podcast. (laughs) I don't think he ever listened to our show. It was more like. Hey, I'm starting a podcast, and in our mutual friend was like, "Oh, hey, you should, uh, you should email this guy. He does a podcast. He, you know, he can tell you the mic setup and stuff that they use, and uh, so, and, and so I did. And That was, you know, he was like, "Oh, thanks a bunch," like, and that was, you know, that was it. And I know he did a podcast for a while. I think he stopped doing that podcast and maybe was doing another one or something, but because uh, he got
1: a job working right, on the right, Dark Crystal.
0: Right. <laughs> but yeah,
1: so he's one of the main people
0: on the Dark Crystal. Um, And, uh, yeah, he's just all around, all of his stuff on Twitter tells me he's an all around cool dude. He does this thing right now where like, um, to help people, uh, in the writers guild, you can submit your scripts to him and some other people and they'll read one script a week. And if they like it, they'll tweet that they liked it and tell people they should check it out Awesome, and then provide feedback. Right. Wow um like totally don't have to do that but they're doing it to help out new people and i'm like that's really cool
1: that is cool so
0: like you're in the writers guild but you're not you currently don't have a work on a show right yeah and so he's like i'm not i'm not pulling in people for a show but i can help broadcast your signal with my following and I'm like what a cool and so he's got i don't know if it was originally his idea but other writers are doing it now too that he knows and it's just super cool So...
1: Awesome. I
0: love stuff like that.
1: Yeah. Can I share my sadness of Dark Crystal and why I can't bring myself to watch the new Crystal? Why? Because, well, you see, I designed a game with Philip DeBerry. Yeah, yeah, I heard about that. It was based on the original um, Dark Crystal because a publisher said, oh... That's a license we've had before. Do a game for us. We'd love a game in that. Yeah, yeah. So we made one and I it got it. signed yeah. and it was cool. It was kind of like had some Fidelitas flavor, which just makes sense because Philip and I designed that together as well. Um, and I felt like pretty proud of like thematically like putting the game like in the uh-huh. movie into the game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they got it all ready and they submitted it and it just sat on the hints in people's desk and they never heard back about like getting the approval of the license. I imagine it was something about this new series right. like taking precedence right. and not wanting to mess with that and putting out new products based on the older movie right now. Right, right, right. But man, that would have been a dream come true.
0: And I've heard for licensing you don't want to work with Netflix from other people in our industry that have said that they're, they're aggressive in what they want yeah from you for for using their licensing right that's awesome
1: but anyway i made a cool game once uh about dark crystal so maybe it'll become like fidelitas the sequel when we retheme it and make up some terrible mythology to go with it that's a great idea (laughs) you should do that um what have you been playing lately or doing oh on gosh. top of uh everything
0: so yeah i was uh i've done i've been doing a lot of design lately um so a lot of the playing has been around that you know just working on working on prototypes and such um doing some testing um but the kids and i we've played some games um uh, we haven't played kayak chaos yet which you gave me right uh, which i want to try um yeah, we uh we play this game called Lemonade Shake Up. It's a really it's a good little game from uh, what is their name?
1: Well, it's about lemonade. Uh,
0: Peaceable Kingdom. Oh, Peaceable, Peaceable Kingdom. Kingdom yeah. yeah, they make good stuff. Um,
1: your kids are younger than mine, so like I'm I'm kind like we're out of the Peaceable Kingdom games now. But like, I,
0: dude, hoot owl Hoot, Mark my words, like that game. Yeah, you I've solo played that game as an adult sometime. It's <laughs> so fun, and there's so much strategy baked into it. Um, you know, just trying to get Owls back before sunrise. And they have a couple other games you're trying to do something before something happens. Um, but like, it's so good. Like, there's so much strategy that the kids don't realize. And two, because it's a deck game where you're just flipping through the deck and that tells you what to do. And there's like bad cards. Well, not bad cards. They basically move the sun forward. Okay. I don't tell my kids someday if, if one of them listens to it, they'll know that I've lied to them. But I'll take out three sun cards, which means that we'll either win... Or like come really like, easily or come super close to losing, but always still win ah. because there's like <laughs> there's not enough sun cards to stop you before you get to the end of the deck and you will win. And uh, um yeah, so they always always like, oh, it's so close. And I'm like, oh, I hope we win. We're totally going to win. Oh, look, we won. We did it. New game that I've been playing with them. I may have talked about on the show before, but it is so good is my first Castle Panic.
1: Oh, you mentioned Um, buying it, but I wasn't sure if you'd played it. It's so
0: good. We've played it a lot now. It's one of their favorites. Um, And you're really just matching shapes uh, to stop monsters um, running down this track before they get to your castle and knock it down. And like... There are a couple different ways to play. You can play in ways that make it more strategic and harder, or you can play in easier ways. Like some of the cards are hero cards, and they have three symbols on them, or three colors, because there's three shapes. Sorry, there's three shapes and three colors, uh, in combinations thereof. That right. So some of the heroes have the same shape with all three colors. Other heroes have um, one of each shape in the same color. Right. Okay. Um. And uh. By by using those, they're intended to be used as. I pick one, but I have options. Right. And I use that one. But we've in the rules, they have like there's a simpler version where you destroys all of those. Right. So it makes the heroes really like wicked powerful. Um, And so you you will win by using heroes that way, but it'll be close. But it still makes the kids think about strategy, which I really like of like, you know, should I use which card should I use now? Like the hero card would work right now, but this other not good card would fix the problem too, like would take out the monster. So why not you? Why not save the hero card for when you can at least knock out two monsters, right? And um, that strategy, like we're saying, you could knock this monster out right now, but if you wait a turn, you can knock him out with a hero and knock out two other monsters too. You know, and uh, and that has been really fun in teaching them strategy. Um, so so yeah, super good game. Highly recommend. Um I would say probably up to 10, you could play it and still have it be fun for kids, uh, especially if you did like the harder version of the game. So highly recommend it.
1: Awesome. Yeah, I've been um, What about you? playing with my kids. One of our favorites has been, and this is timely for Halloween coming in this portion of the year, um, Ghost Fightin' Treasure Hunters.
0: Yeah, I've, I've seen you talk about them, but I've never played it.
1: It's so good. It's a co-op. Oh, good. Where uh, ghosts have taken over the house and you're trying to like capture these gems and get them out of the house before mm-hmm. the house becomes permanently haunted. Oh, okay. And yeah. there's a little deck of cards. Uh, so on your turn, you you roll dice. Wait, are there dice? How do you play this game? Oh yeah. my gosh, you've played the game. I motion. know, <laughs> it's so good. I forgot how to play it. Um, you roll <laughs> dice and you, you, you use them to move around. When you're in a room, if there is a room... With a ghost in it, at the end of your turn, you have to fight it, and you roll these fight dice. And if you get a ghost symbol on your dice, like you get to remove a ghost from that room. Uh, then at the end of your turn, oh, the number dice actually has a ghost symbol on it and a number. So if it has a ghost symbol, you have to flip um, a card that tells you which room you have to add a ghost to. Okay. So um, if you have to, if you add. A third ghost, it turns into a haunt, and then you can only defeat that haunt if another person is in the same room as you fighting oh. the ghost or the haunt with you. Because it's so
0: it's so powerful at that point. yeah, like and attached. you
1: can't and you can't leave a room with a haunt um, if you have treasure. So if you have treasure and you're trying to take it out of the house, you have to wait for somebody to come and bail you out.
0: Oh, nice!
1: And it's a hard game; it ramps up. Fast. Nice. And I'll
0: have to check that out. That sounds right up my kids' alley. Yeah,
1: it's got that rolling move thing where you're just moving around like a clue-like board. Whatever mm-hmm. room is ABCD in it, right. and then there's a point when um, you can you shuffle the deck. And uh, you draw a shuffle card and you put every room that already has had ghosts back in the deck and it gets more intense. And you're going back in and there's like eight, seven or eight different gemstones you have to get out. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, the, and the minis that come with it, they have a little backpack that you actually slide the little gem like cardboard token into. Oh, so they like carry it around with them as you're moving. It's
0: really cool. It's
1: so good. And I found out there was an expansion for it, which apparently either wasn't released here because it's one of those like Mattel games. Um, that are like more hobby oriented like the newer um, Mattel Mm -hmm. games Uh, and I think it had a bigger release outside of our country so I think that like I'm not sure that the the expansion was readily available in the U.S., but it like adds an outdoor kind of nice, room. Nice, nice. Yeah, looks it's it's so good. They had a giant version of it at Gen Con, and I walked by and I just was like, I just want to look at this. So my kids were here; <laughs> they would be so stoked. That's cool. And then I got um for my Christmas last year from, which is my birthday, my wife got me a Fireball Island, but she she got me an expansion by accident. Like she didn't know the difference; she just picked the one that was cheaper on Amazon. Which so is I had an re- expansion so to expansion too. So I returned it. It was after Christmas, and I'm like, "Well, I feel bad." Like. Buying a hundred dollar game now after just returning this twenty dollar game or whatever, so I waited and then it went on sale on Amazon one day for like thirty five bucks. Nice, yeah. So I ordered it and like I had never, I had never played it before. Like my parents were not going to buy me a forty dollar plastic board game when I was a kid, but I saw the commercials and I thought it looked incredible and it was like one of those I always want this game. So my kid stayed home from school last week because she wasn't feeling well, and we ended up having like game day, and uh, we pulled that one out and. It was super fun. I mean, it's light, right. it's chaotic.
0: They've they've tweaked it a bit, right? From the back in the day, I don't know because, because I've never. Well, I mean, read the rules Jr. To it. Honeycutt yeah. did a bunch of work on that. Like, yeah, it's, and he like uh, took it around like playtesting it and stuff. So I have to imagine that like they've done some changes for to sure. It. Yeah. It's
1: I mean, it's restoration games, which they their whole thing is taking these old games and bringing them new life for the modern gaming right. market. That's so cool. Yeah, and like I mean the 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 mountain you put it together these three plastic pieces there's marbles and oh dude it was just like this cool like you're exploring the mountain trying to pick stuff up trying to decide how to dump these like marbles on your opponents and avoid yourself there's some randomness in it so it's a it's a light game but it like that's cool it feels like the experience i wanted you know right right and i played it with my seven-year-old so like my younger kid was able to enjoy it and like she got super into it she's like let's leave it on the table so we can show my sister when she gets home from school so (laughs) that was that was super fun uh gaming experience recently um other than that i've been watching the uh hip-hop evolution on netflix have you seen that?
0: I don't know what that is. No,
1: dude, it's like a three seasons, four episodes per season, like a history of hip hop by this, uh, oh, this Canadian MC wow. named uh, Shad K. And he just that interviews. He goes to New York and he talks about New York. He goes to L A. He talks. He talks about like just every little aspect of like hip hop's rise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In these like one hour snippets, you can watch them in any that order. Really cool. It's so good, dude. Yeah, I want to check that out. Yeah, that's kind of my obsession out. presently. Awesome.
0: Um, well, hey, quick note before we get into the topic. We can't talk too much about this, but uh, hey, so they announced yesterday uh, as we're recording this, uh, the American uh, Game Award now thing. I don't remember what it's called. Yeah. But the American Tabletop, Tabletop Award Game. Yeah. Something? How cool is that? Like, And I don't know all the people that were together on it. Jonathan Liu was one of them, which right. is- cred right there right because that guy's awesome Um, but I think it's so cool that they're um, that they're doing that and they announced I love it that they announced it and then announced the first year's winners
1: yeah yeah Uh, um, what I heard somebody post was that like the jury is made of content creators like reviewers and bloggers and writers okay um so i mean like who who plays most of the games out there you know like uh yeah it's called the american tabletop awards
0: yeah that's so cool
1: Uh, some interesting choices like uh catch the moon was the early gamers Mm -hmm. award i haven't played it um it's like a stacking ladders kind of a game okay like dexterity trying to get to the moon Um, the casual game winner was Quacks of Queden- Quedlinburg. How
0: is that game casual? That's
1: that was my question. I haven't played so, it, but we played the the tavern game,
0: and that's casual for like. So okay, uh, we've talked about this in show before. Tavern looks like this ridiculously huge, like heavy euro or something, and then you're like, oh, this is easy. Like, it's, like, it's, like, slightly above, like, splendor and weight, I feel like.
1: Yeah, but when I think of casual, my only, would be, like, I'm gonna play this with my aunt and uncle, you know? Right, Like, right. who's gonna, like, that's what I think of when I think of a casual game, so, so when I see that one, that has a lot of moving parts. Right. Um, there's a lot more rules to learn. Uh, it's right, maybe on right. the lighter side. Mm-hmm. Uh, I haven't played it, so honestly, I can't really comment too much on it.
0: Well, I know that Copac is, talks about how great it is, so... um. But yeah, it's, I've heard it's a really good game. I was surprised to see that under casual as well. But again, I haven't yeah. played it either.
1: And then what is the what was the winner? Root. Uh, Root. 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 Oh, they had a recommended title too. That was was kind of confusing. Maybe the Chronicles of Crime was a recommended title.
0: Yeah, I saw that as well, uh, which is also interesting. But yeah, Root. I've never played Root. I've only heard positive things about it. Um, so yeah, but I, I think it's good... You know, American games are huge, right? And we should be, like, we should celebrate that. Um, and I
1: think it's the idea of, look what this Spiel des Jar has done for games in Europe. And really, yeah. that's chem here, too. Yep. So why not, like, why can't we, with such a growing, blossoming market, right? like, in the game industry, not have our own award that's like that? Because people have said, like, eh, the Origins Awards, nobody, you have to submit your games to it. Right, So right. it's, like, not, they don't consider everything, like... Right. Yeah, so that, I think that's a neat a neat move. I'm excited, and I'm excited to see that somebody like Jonathan Liu is involved with it. Yeah, too. yeah.
0: Like I said, I mean, not only does that give it credit, but like he's just a genuinely good dude. And I didn't look at who the other people were, uh, but he said, hey, look at this thing I'm involved with. You right. Know? Um, so, yeah. Anyways, I, I'm stoked. I think it's great. You know, I think as game designers, we all have a better shot at winning that than we ever do for <laughs> winning something for, right. like the Spiel. Well, first of all, for the Spiel, you have to be published in German. Uh, in Germany. So yeah. Anyways. Yeah. Good news. So that's cool. All right. You got a topic you want to talk about. Let's talk about that topic.
1: Let's talk about that topic. I mean, I'm the topic. Let's so talk
0: about the topic. The it's going to be great.
1: The topic is really just, um, a, a genre. Genre. A genre of games. A genre
0: of games. Um,
1: that I happen to like. Yeah. Um, and. So a,
0: adult only games. Yep.
1: <laughs> yep. <laughs> that's it. Right. Um, Race games.
0: Race games. Yeah. Racy games?
1: Yeah, racing games. That's it. Let's see. No, games about r- the race yeah, race yeah. issues. And yeah, it's so right. sociological games. Yeah, no. No. So racing games. <laughs> racing, racing. Yeah, racing like games. there's yeah. going to be a winner yeah, kind of a yeah. game. Uh, I mean, there's, <laughs> there's so always let's, a winner. But can
0: yeah. we just agree before we talk about that? Formula D.
1: Terrible I've never, game. I've never played it. But I feel like... Wasn't that an early podcast yes. where you guys just crapped all over that game? Or like no, you had Rob, some bad... Rob, Rob actually
0: really liked Rob it. Rob loves it, right? Yeah. And I get why he likes it. I get why other people like it. But it just, for me, for me, that game is the quintessential, like, when you're simulating something in a game and you go too far and suddenly it doesn't feel like you're doing the thing anymore. It feels like you're pretending to do the thing. And trying to check a lot of boxes while you're doing that that aren't fun things. Like I'm gonna downshift and I have to pull up. and I just I hated that things about the game. So yeah.
1: Yeah. I uh, I haven't played that one. Um, I would suggest not. Yeah, sounds good to me. Um, th- I mean, there's so many race games. We could we. It's it's hard to know which direction we should go. But like I think what um, I I don't know. There's something about race games that like there's an energy to them yeah i really enjoy yeah um sometimes they're real time right like Mm -hmm. sometimes they're taking turns but like there's still this like good tension of like am i gonna do it Uh, my favorite race games are ones that lean a little bit on the simpler side yeah Uh, yeah and i think that maybe it's just because racing is such a universal like topic right Mm -hmm. like Everybody's a fan of something racing, you know, horses or cars or bikes or, you know, whatever. A foot race. Um, so it feels universal. Like, hey, what's the purpose? Well, it's well, like sports, right? right? Right. You go fast. You get to the end first. Yep. You cross the finish line. Yep.
0: And maybe there's some strategy in there that that is different from like just going on a racetrack. You know, obviously any, you know, yeah all the games have different strategy to highlight the different strategy, different types of racing.
1: Yeah. Like there's some pressure luck. Mm-hmm. There's uh managing energy. Like, uh, you have a certain number of, you know, like speed, you know, to use. And if you use your big stuff early on, you're going to have, you know, less stuff to use later. Kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's a lot of variety and creativity within the, that, that topic. Um, I don't know so like do you have any like favorite race games that like stick out to you?
0: Um so I haven't played a ton of race games honestly. Uh Monza the kids race game yeah. we play a lot. Um and that one's it's cool because it's simple. Um there's a couple really dumb rules in that game that we just ignore like if you roll the dice and don't get any matches you lost your turn basically and we don't play that way you have to get at least one match so you just reroll right okay um you may only get one match right which still stinks but it's just not fun right otherwise right. especially for kids uh but it's a really good game other than that the board is really cool the way you move you know basically you're rolling colors and they use those colors to make a chain of how you're going to move right and i like that uh quicksilver um uh that I've played many times before, that was like a dirigible racing game. Yeah, yeah. Um, That came out several years ago. Nice, big, pretty game. Uh, and that was You Could Fight in that one, which I thought was kind of neat. Um,
1: So it adds a little more thematic, like uh, fantasy type thing. Right,
0: like, right. For me, though, honestly, the favorite experience I've had with a race game was working on my own race game that yeah. I never ended up doing with it, which was <laughs> Minecart Madness. And right. that was the reason that I liked that game so much, like hands down, was because that game more than any game I've played before, and I'm not saying it was a great game, but it did what I wanted to do as it emulated playing Mario Kart. Right. Which to me is the best race game ever made. I understand it's not a board game, uh, but to me, mo- classic Mario Kart, even some of the newer ones, like that ch- series, best race games ever, in my opinion, right? Who likes silly race games where you can shoot turtle shells at people and stuff. And um, and that's the game I designed. And I actually was saying to you ahead of time, I stopped working on the game because I got some some good feedback that I didn't know what to do with so I made some changes and uh and then the changes changed the game so much that instead of it being a fun little card game where you used energy and tried to move forward that was a little unbalanced it became a very balanced and very boring game uh, uh you know I basically made minecart D so <laughs>
1: <laughs> awesome um what are your thoughts though yeah I th- well I think that what's interesting about what you what you said like so in a race game like I mean, if you think about a race in real life, if it's a, if it's say it's a running race, or maybe even um, a car race or a bike race, like it's the playing field is not always even nope in those kind of competitions so right. like why does it need to be perfectly balanced maybe
0: Liam like, Armstrong is juicing maybe they have motors in their bikes exactly that's all it. things that have
1: happened right like or maybe that runner trains harder than the others right. like maybe they right. have a better sponsor that has the latest technology right. in their car
0: or like, they just have better natural ability right
1: yeah totally you know totally so like that's I mean like I think it's okay if they're not balanced and that's that's why I mean I think it's okay that's Randomness in a game, we'll we'll add some of that, you know, um, to kind of like simulate the reality of those those kind of things. Mm-hmm. Um, my a couple of my favorite race games would be Ave Caesar, uh, which I think is uh, that like cherry racing. Cherry racing. C- I yeah. have not
0: played that. But. Yeah,
1: um, it, it was like a German German game, and really simple. Just you had a deck of cards. I think there was like eighteen cards. They were like numbered one through six and you get to have two or three of those in your hand or a few in your hand and you play one down and you move your chariot forward mm-hmm. and like that's the game yeah. like there are rules about like when you can shift lanes and all that and you have to stop um at a certain um spot in front of the uh like the what emperor, it's in a row, like the emperor to like pay your you like giving them a gold coin to like pay your respects. Right. So you have to like stop there instead of just blowing by on one of your laps. Right. Um, you got to
0: figure out which lap you want to do. Yeah. That. Yeah. Oh, like, it's good. yeah,
1: but it's, I mean, it's simple, you know, like you get into it with people in five minutes mm-hmm. and you're having a blast. Um, another one I like, I, camel up is debatably a race game. Um,
0: camel it, up is a race game where the primary mechanic is betting right, on the race. Right. Right. And you don't control the race. Right. Right? Yeah,
1: the race is kind of happening. The race informs your decisions. Right. Um, yeah, it's not, it is not. It is more of a betting game for sure but, with a racing aspect to right. it. Right,
0: but the, the the outcome of the race still determines who wins, just not directly. <laughs> right, it's like you an know? AI
1: kind of yeah. situation yeah. where you're not really in control of that race. Came
0: up was one of those games that the first four times I played it, I liked it better every time I played it. And then after that, it started to have diminishing returns. Because mm. after that, it started to feel the same, yeah. right? Like those, what's so great about Camel Up is those aha moments where like you've got camels stacked up and suddenly the dude in the last place is now like five squares ahead and you're like, holy crap, like everybody just voted wrong. Yeah. But some schmuck at the beginning was like, I'm just going to vote on yellow and then like was right and wins the game. Like those moments are amazing. But after a while, they don't feel as amazing, (laughs) you know, right. The, the awe is kind of worn off. It's a really good game though. It really is. So
1: absolutely. What do you think about like a game that is a race in the sense of like a real time game, like something like you have a certain amount of time to like, to, I'm trying to think of an example of one, like galaxy trucker has like this, like I've never played galaxy trucker. So I don't know if that's a great example. Um, like a uh, speed game, like where you're shedding your cards or where you're mm-hmm. trying to like match through right, Dutch right. Blitz. You know, like there is racing involved. Right. It's not technically Tessin a race in by game.
0: Van Ryders, another one. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't, those games don't work for me. Yeah. Tessin I actually really enjoyed. Like it was one of the few, it stressed me out, but I actually enjoyed it because I was decent at it. But race games in general, like that, speed games, yeah. not race games, like guess, speed games, which yeah. could be a race game. That's not for me. I don't like real-time games. Yeah. So um,
1: Yeah, I think, it, I think it's like a, uh a cousin of like yeah you pure, could, pure race games I,
0: I don't know if it, yeah you know uh one that never made it out um unfortunately but uh monster truck madness or whatever monster truck oh, mayhem yeah. Monster Truck Mayhem. that was a speed game about dice rolling also about racing monster trucks um by matt and ben
1: yeah remember yeah riddle and pinchback that so, was a, yeah. that was a fun game but yeah but the problem would be like it's a quick five minute experience that has a big price tag because it you like you're building right. a big track right, and it right. looks so cool. And it, that's the problem with a lot of real time games, those kind of games. That so.
0: was the first time I really hung out with them in person. I'd met them once before and they're like, dude, you gotta try this game. Everybody loves it. And I tried it and I got done it, and I were like, what do you think? Because they were looking for feedback and I was like, I think I'm not your guy to give feedback. Like, like <laughs> this game, I feel like it's probably really good, and I don't ever want to play it again. Like it's just too stressful for me. There was a lot going on. Like, it wasn't just, like, roll the dice fast. It was, like, roll the dice fast, but pay attention to these things. And, like, it just hurt my brain. Like, and so, like that's, the, like, that's the perfect... Everyone else playing the game was, like, yeah, yeah. And I was so swept up in that that I would be, like, distracted and then, like, not focus on my dice and just keep losing. And I got, like, stuck in a mud pit for the whole game. And, you know, so... Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. So, that's where I struggle. But I think there is certainly a space for games like that where you're doing a speed game that's also a race. Like, I... It, right. Why would there not be? It's a perfect dovetail, right?
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, it like feels like what you're doing. Right. Like the, if you like that frantic, ah. Yeah. yeah. And I think that that one did it well. Um,
0: oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, like I said, the feedback on that that I saw was like all positive for how cool it was. Yeah. You could just
1: watch people having yeah. a glass playing yeah. that game. Um, a couple that I really like are kind of gimmicky. um Like I've never played Pitch Car because it was really expensive, but I have Bicycle. Like, it's spelled different though, like B I S I C L E. It was like a Spanish okay.
0: game. Oh, okay. Um, but was it was like, a. Why would you do that? But that you
1: build sense. like a track. It's it's essentially like poor man's uh, pitch car with like its own little twist. Okay. Where you put together a plastic track that has like banked curves and rails, uh-huh. and instead of using a wooden disc, you have this ball that has little beads inside of it. that's weighted. Okay. So you flick that ball around the track, uh, trying to. I mean, you're trying to win the race, right? But, like, and then you leave your little plastic bike, um, like, in the place of where the Z-ball was, oh, okay. and then you remove yep. it from the board, and then the other player gets to take their turn and flick it, and you're trying to go around. Actually, there was a car version of it. I forgot what the car version was called, but the the NASCAR-type cars had, like, a race, uh, a ramp on the back of them. So, like, you could use oh, the car to, like, cool. try to flip over it. Um, that's really like, cool. So, like, the gimmick, I, I really like Dexterity, and then, like, I yep. really like that, like, Building the sprawling track, yeah, uh, and then racing around, you know, with with flicking, which which is harder to stay on the track than you would imagine.
0: Something you said that's really important here, though, I think, is you said, and we kind of just we said a little bit and then glossed over it was, why do they have to be balanced, right? Sure. Um, and I think that's a double edged sword because they have to be balanced enough. Basically, in my mind, they have to be balanced enough that the first player doesn't always win. Sure. Beyond that. Maybe in a four-player game that the first two players don't always... One of them doesn't always win. Beyond that, I, I I agree with you. Like, unless you've got characters that are completely unbalanced, right? Right. But then, great. Have four optional characters that are all completely unbalanced, right? And use those, right? Make those cool, right? Um, so, you know, I think that that's... I think there's nothing wrong with that.
1: Um, I think that gets into the question of, like, what does balancing even mean? You know, like... Like, are we trying to make it fair for everybody so everybody has a possibility to win? Um, sure, like that's a, that's important in a right, game, right. right? That like that one person's not always going to have an advantage.
0: Yeah, I think all in a game like that, all players of equal skill should have equal chance of winning. Like, understanding that there's some dice rolling and there's some other random effects, but like your first player should not always win, especially if your first player is not the best player. Yeah, they always are winning. Like that's then that's not balanced, right? Right. And that's not fun. Like in in a racing game, you're more likely to notice that. Like a lot of times if you go first in a card game and win, if you're not a gamer like big time or a game designer, you're not gonna notice, hey, the first player always tends to win, right? We've been trained to look for that. We're like, oh, first player problem, right? Um, but I think your average casual player is not gonna notice.
1: Like, I think race games are very tactical in the sense that like that's where the, the balance comes into like a player making a decision of what their best option is in that moment. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like, so, uh, like, should I go this way or this, or maybe like, okay, there's only one of this super powered thing on the board Mm -hmm. but if i'm the first one to it i can really go crazy right you know that's that's not fair there's only one of those one opportunity for that Uh maybe like me spending too much time going after that is gonna give somebody a door that's gonna just you know zoom past me exactly right? so like those things add some fun some elements and i think that's where the heart of these games are is like in the moment like what is my best option you know kind of like breaking it down in in that way like should i should i uh really go for it and cut this person off should i like hang back and save it for the end um what are the obstacles ahead of me those kind of things uh another gimmick thing that i really liked in um it's i've seen it in a couple games i haven't played but grand gamers guild um uh, put out a new game called shikoku and i I haven't played it but like i i heard that the twist is that it's not you don't want to be first you want to be second Mm-hmm. Which there's another game called Why First that AEG put out.
0: Yeah, yeah,
1: and I love it. Like you're trying. I didn't
0: care for that one. No? Shikoku, I haven't played, but I've seen them do some demos of it when I was in your booth. Yeah, and it looks cool and yeah. like, like thematically, the idea that you want to be second is cool. What I hated about Why First was the whole idea that like, like the game was called Why First, and the idea was you wanted to be second, and like, like I don't know, that just rubbed me the wrong way.
1: I don't know. It's very gimmicky. Well, that's the thing is like in a world of so many games, like that's what designers need to do. I think if we're going to like make a race game, what's the twist, you know, like what is the gimmick? What is the thing that's going to make our stand apart? That's going to be unique.
0: Yeah. And I, I totally get that. Yeah. And I think a game that would do it subtly like Shikoku is good. Like I like that. The idea that like you call out like the whole purpose of this game is to get second because first is silly. Like, I don't get that. Like, that doesn't speak to me, you know?
1: It's about planning, though. It's about, like... Yeah, uh, but I'm
0: saying you can do that without making the game called Why First Yeah, and making it solely about that, right? But
1: that's why I looked at it instead of just, like, oh, it's another game where you're trying to get to the end.
0: See, and that's somebody... Maybe it was even you. Somebody got me to play that game because they were like, oh, my gosh, this is so funny. ah!" And, like, I was turned off before we even started playing. Interesting. So, And then I didn't really care for the game. And to be fair, it's possible that I didn't care for the game because of that. And that's a crappy reason like to not like it. You know what I mean? Yeah. But it's true.
1: Huh? That's cool um any other race games that that really kind of pop out to you that did something fun
0: i'm just struggling to remember other race games well
1: i can i'll point at one that i had a little something to do with uh it's a little game called avalanche yeti mountain designed by Matt, matt wolf
0: it's funny i don't think of avalanche yeti mountain as a race game i know it is yeah but like because of the interaction with like the yeti and all the other things going on like i don't think about it being a race game but i guess Duh! It is a race like, game.
1: Yeah, one hundred percent. That's what that's about. It's yeah. been
0: to, to be fair. It's been a long time since I played it. Yeah, that's okay. Um, I, and to the point where I've worked in your booth and somebody asked about it, I'm like, uh, oh yeah, how do I I'm explain like, that? You're running on this mountain on these like jets, like these skis with like like jets on them, and like there's a yeti chasing you and also an avalanche. It's crazy, super fun and crazy. And then I try to talk about another game.
1: It's <laughs> yeah, like right. I don't know enough about this one. Don't ask me questions. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's got um. Elements of the blind bidding thing. It's got some uh-huh. some pressure luck.
0: I know the speed limit thing is yeah. one of my favorite things about it where like everybody goes a certain speed. But if you break the speed limit of the mountain kind of collectively, you've caused too much of a ruckus and bad stuff happens. I think the avalanche moves faster maybe or the Yeti comes out. Yep. Yeah.
1: Uh, the fastest player crashes if you if you collectively beat the, the speed limit. Right. Uh, and then whoever's in last place controls the Yeti. Yep. And the avalanche just gets faster every time somebody uses their rocket skis because you've made That's what it is. That's what it is. Yeah, you made, it is. You yeah. Made yeah. The, you've made the, you woken the mountain.
0: And that works as a little bit of a rubber banding mechanic, right, with your, um... Yeah. You know, yeah.
1: Totally, totally. Yeah, and I think, um, I think that that's the, that's what I look for in a race game is, like, what's that clever little thing? And that's what I look for in any game, really. Like, what is this game doing uniquely, maybe even in a small way, that feels, like, fresh? Um... I don't know, race games. I think they're cool. I think that people should make some neat ones because I like to play them. Yeah? Yeah. All
0: right. So now you're going to pitch a race game.
1: I guess so. Spoiler alert. Wow. Yeah. I'm, ex- I'm excited. It's been a while.
0: So, yeah, this is the first time you pitched a game in the show because last time you ran out of time. We actually ran out of time in the last episode with Julio. I've been cognizant watching the time of our recording here to make sure you got to Ugh. pitch I didn't want to do it twice in a row where we Glorious. didn't get to do a pitch. So uh, you're going to pitch a game about racing. Uh, it's I think it's called racy racing.
1: Racy so, racing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so so we're all strippers, right? Yep. No, I
0: think <laughs> let's do racy like a nudist colony. Right? <laughs> yeah, that's it. I guess a nudist colony doesn't have to be racy though.
1: No, I so, mean it, yeah. just if they're if they're running fast, then they're kind of racy. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. You can spell
0: it R A C E Y. Racy. Yeah.
1: Racing. yeah. 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 Um. No. So like, actually, <laughs> the initial that. theme that I that I had in mind um is shifting. So I'll kind of like uh. My inspiration came from, like, BMX racing, which, like, is something that I that do. Tracks, yeah? I haven't done yeah. <laughs> I haven't done it in a while, but I really love it. But you're into it, yeah. Yeah, yeah. it's in, uh, there was a game in the 80s that was, like, a not good game that a company in England put out, and I paid too much money for it because it had Wh- miniatures. Because
0: what do they know about BMX in England, right? <laughs> I'm kidding. They may have a BMX, star. I have no yeah, idea. Yeah, so. for sure. So uh,
1: what do I know about Australia, BMX? Australia, because of the not movie much. BMX Bandits, which was Nicole Kidman's first movie. But anyway, um, BMX, BMX no, racing is- Gleaming the Cube what i like skateboarding <laughs> oh yeah totally i'm more of a thrashing guy myself um <laughs> but uh so in bmx racing that has there's some unique things it's a short 30 second sprint uh, around the track you're trying to get an inside line you know to to cut make the track as short as possible right that makes uh, sense you're trying to get uh just like once you have the the lead position, it's it's a little easy to keep it. Not a little easy, with, it's easier to keep it.
0: With BMX racing, do you all start in a line?
1: Uh yeah, yeah. It's, it's, not, a like, gate of it's eight not like it's not people wide.
0: It's not like a running race where like you you stay in your own track and like you would be um, like staggered like the farther out no. you are the farther forward no no
1: yeah it's a it's a straight line uh, it's a race to the first corner you're not allowed to uh, within the first 30 feet of the track start moving over to the left which would be or the right depending on which way the first turn is uh, you have to wait 30 feet you have to sprint in a straight line until a certain line and then you can start moving and there's a line the to inside. tell you yeah usually you know it's that? usually okay. yeah um, so I was just thinking about like how could I convey like some of this stuff about racing and then the idea that struck me um, is that this is more related to the game that I'm working on in my mind than BMX racing is. Like racing is a short race trying to win, right? Right. Um, I haven't gotten to that that part uh, too intensely, but um, the idea was that. I see a ton of games that use Mm -hmm. traditional card games in new ways. Yes. So, like, there are a dime a dozen trick-taking games that drive something, you know? Like, trick-taking is this huge genre where, like, it feels like you're just playing a very classic game, but what those cards do maybe um, drive something else in the game.
0: Yeah. Or Or even just works in a way that's not traditional trick-taking into the Black Forest. You know, something yeah, like that, right? Yeah,
1: yeah. So then, yeah, people do a lot of twists on But
0: that. it gives you that classic feel of like... Yes. Oh, this this mechanic makes sense to me, but I'm doing something different, right? right yeah, right. I like that.
1: So poker, too, is another one. You see poker yeah. everywhere. Yeah, yeah. Like, well, it, poker to the of, hands decide, right. you know, this or that. Well,
0: the, and I think the single most classic thing is rock, paper, scissors, right? Like a classic game mm-hmm. where that... that Like when I first started game designing as an aside, people would say like rock paper scissors mechanic, and I was like, why would games actually use rock paper scissors? That's so lame. And then realizing, oh, that's not what they mean. They mean this beats this beats that beats that. Yeah, you know, like. And I was like, oh well, duh. That's cool. Okay, I get that.
1: Okay, we're not actually gonna stop everything. Right. (gasps) One two three shoot. Right. Um. (laughs) So this. So this. (sighs) The game that I kind of came to. I was like, why are there not more games based on this classic game, which is one of my favorite classic games, and the game is Cribbage. Like, you play Cribbage. I need to learn how to play Cribbage again. Dude, it's so good. Uh, it There's a lot of rules, so I think that that's maybe one of the reasons that, like, it people don't take the engine of Cribbage and apply it to a lot of things. Right. But, like... I think there's some potential for that there. So I was thinking about uh, this idea of Cribbage uh fueling a racing game. So in Cribbage, uh if you're not familiar, you have a knobs. Pipe, yeah, that's knobs. what I remember. Yeah, totally. You have a board and you're trying to get to 121 points. And there's two different yep. phases of each hand. You each get dealt six cards. It's usually a two-player game. You can play three or four-handed, hand but traditionally, it, I think it's most popular as a two-player game. Uh, and you're going to discard two of your cards into what is called the crib. And yep. this becomes... The dealer gets that. The dealer gets that as a secondary kind of cleanup round after yep. the game is played. Yep. So then there is this part of the game called pegging. Where you take turns playing one card uh to move your peg forward. And so um at I forgot about this at part first, of the game. I play a two. Oh yeah, I and remember. And if you play a two, that's a pair, you get right. two points. We're trying to get to thirty-one during pegging, right? And that ends the pegging.
0: Yep. And if you get fifteen, you get two. Yep.
1: Yep. If you get a run, if I played a two and you played a four and I played a three. Then I would get a run of three, and I'd get to move my peg forward three points. Uh, if you now, what
0: if then I played a five? Or no, it's then only you would a,
1: get four points. Okay, it doesn't and have it doesn't to be have in to be order. order. No, nope, cool. it doesn't yeah. have to be in order. So you do this until you're out of cards. If you play a thirty-one, you get a point. If you uh, are the, if you run out of cards, out of your four cards in your hand, then you you're the first one to play your last card. Uh,
0: no, I thought last card gets a point. Oh, I'm sorry. If yeah. you
1: run out of cards last, you get a point for last card, yep. right? Yep. The last one to play their card. Um so you can when you you pass, um you say go, which gives the other player a point because you couldn't play yep. while keeping keep it, it under, it under 21. 31. 21. So That's yep. the first part of the game. 31, right? right? Or 21? 31. 31. 31. Okay. Yeah, and then at the end of that, you take um you take your four cards. And you add up the value of your hand, yep. which you get points for a run of three or more. You get points for everything that adds up to 15, every combination of 15. And there's a card that's cut from the middle of the deck that you're also, it's a community card that you're yep. using yep. along with it. Um, and then uh, you also would get pairs. Uh, so if I had uh, three of a kind, that would be worth six points because right. that's three pairs. Right. Um, so I was and thinking
0: Fifteens are worth points, right?
1: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Every, so like a nine and a six an eight and a seven or like uh, a five, five. Yeah. 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 Yep. Uh, an ace, a four and a King. All those right. things. And uh, so that's kind of the two parts to the game. I want to play cribbage now. <laughs> there's pegging. There's pegging. And then there's the adding up your hand, right? And yep. then if it was your turn, so the the other person goes first, The uh, not the dealer, adds up their hand first. And then me, I add up my hand. And then I add up my crib. So I have right. a chance when I'm the dealer to get like double the points. But it's based on what they put in two cards from their hand that they're throwing away. And I'm putting in two cards. So I want to put valuable right. cards in my crib. And I want to throw away non-valuable cards when it's somebody else's credit
0: right, yeah like i don't want to give you a pair yeah but like there are sometimes where you have to give somebody something good because of the rest of your hand right Meaning, yeah like you look at the the community card do they get the community card
1: when they use that as yeah well? every, everybody does
0: so yeah. they get it twice then basically. Yeah. Uh, yeah. being the dealer in that super powerful yeah so you want to use a race that is the driving force yeah. behind a racing so my game.
1: so my idea was i'm that, interested yeah That's good. so like this is where the design part comes in um So this is just two parts of the game. I thought about the idea of, like, pegging. So there's already a racetrack, essentially, in the game, and it's moving your Mm -hmm. peg along the track. But it could be anything. It could be a BMX track with, like, your little bike on it. Yeah, Um, yeah, yeah. So I think the idea there that I was having was that the pegging portion of the game, where you're playing one card at a time... Is the sprint? Well, no, no. No. That's kind of like training. before. It's like preparation. Okay. And instead of moving you forward on the track, it's giving you... Tokens, right? Okay, yeah, and there's, yeah. It's like so. If I if I get a pair, I get two tokens, and I add them to my supply. Uh, if uh, I get a run of three, I add four more to my supply. So I am mm-hmm. kind of like I am gathering these power tokens up, and right. then um, the idea would be whatever my hand value is, mm-hmm. that's how many spaces I am going to get to move forward on my turn. Okay, but I can use my tokens to buy power-ups. So there's some sort of economy if I want to jump Ahead, I can spend a certain number of those power tokens that I earned during the the training portion of the phantom. Using right, my skills now right. that I've been working on in the off season, I can say, okay, I'm going to really like uh push it around this corner, so it gives right. me like two extra spaces at the end. Right. I'm going to buy can... a
0: silent motor for my bike, so no one knows.
1: Yeah, yeah. Like it could be it could be goofy <laughs> stuff yeah. like that, or it could just be like here's five or six things you can do to make the most of this turn like right. you can spend four of your power-up tokens to go first even when it's not your turn you know two right. to change two lanes instead of one to move in if you know if there's a slotted kind mm-hmm. of lane in the power. yeah um and then i thought about the crib instead of giving the second player or the fir- the, the dealer a second turn uh-huh. that the value of the hand that's in the crib could control um how a um third racer moves like an ai would yeah yeah yeah, it's another way to move or like an obstacle that's in the in the game there's like a you know so i thought about bmx racing but then i had the idea that since like it's based on cribbage that it could be like stroller racing or like um like the international crib racing league and it's like babies like driving like souped up uh cribs around a track
0: that's not bad and that would be
1: goofy and you like goofy games so i had you in mind for that
0: what if what about what if here's a thought what if the crib controls the nanny oh who's trying to catch the babies yeah because like she's in charge of these babies right but these babies have made these like souped up things right so they're trying to race and the nanny's just trying frantically to catch them right whether it's the nanny or the teacher whatever right so that's the AI moving behind you. So not only do you have to worry about getting away from each other, you have to worry about getting caught by this person behind you. This sounds like Yeti Mountain.
1: Yeah. <laughs> well, and then the person. So there's the similarity too. There, if it's if it's my crib, if I'm the first the dealer, uh-huh. I get to move the 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 nanny that turn. Right. Right. You know, um, can I do something to mess you up? Right. Right. Um, and then there's like if if we do the 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 baby crib racing theme, right? There's like funny power ups like clean diaper, you know, which gives you an extra space. That's great. Like, <laughs> um, yeah, totally. Uh, spilled milk, like a milk slick that right. like makes the player right. like slide out. You can place it on the on the board. Right, right, right. Um, it kind of takes the 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 elegant classic away from like cribbage as this right, heirloom right. family game and brings it into like a silly place. Um, so it wouldn't have to be like that. You could do a more prestigious theme too, I think.
0: Right, right, like, right. Uh, I think a silly theme would be best. Like I was thinking of like... BMX bikes, but, like, it was, like, goblins or something on the BMX bikes. Yeah. Like, you know, when they were, like, attaching rockets and stuff. You know, that'd yeah. be funny.
1: My only concern about having a light theme with a cribbage engine is that cribbage is a little more complex for a a traditional card game. So, like, if the theme matches, you I know, would, like, it, maybe it could be, ch- uh, like, not chariot, but, like, stagecoach racing and there's a, or a, tr- like, there's a robber, trying, you know, like something, like, more, like, classic Americana. It could be
0: stagecoach racing a la wild wild west so like steampunk wild
1: west okay that would be really cool and there's a giant robot spider that's trying to chase you as the crib
0: (laughs) and maybe that's maybe like maybe you don't want something chasing you maybe it's a natural thing that's happening right well then that's like the avalanche but you know what i mean anyways um uh you could probably simplify the cribbage part by um taking it out of a standard deck of cards and turning it into a very specialized deck Mm. with visual cues and maybe even getting rid of numbers or something like that and like figuring out a way to make visual cues so that it's about making sets and such, just like it is now. Like for instance, let's say that instead of um, having numbers that are ascending like, oh, to get a straight on two, three, four, I'm trying to line up three cards that have a colored dot on the right side and left side that match, right? I'm making a chain, right? Yeah. Like you could get away with the exact same cribbage things without people realizing they're playing cribbage.
1: Ah, yeah, that's a possibility.
0: So that's, you know, I mean, I think that, but I do think too, that just by giving very specific suits that are not the four standard suits, even if you just put numbers on the cards, you could trick people into not realizing they're just playing cribbage and make it simpler and easier and more intuitive, you know? Yeah. Like, knobs right could be like a card that's just like you get a point like for this card like you right. know it's that simple right for right.
1: those who don't know what knobs is it's when the, the you have a jack that matches the cut card right it's face right. up and that gives you an extra point
0: right right and you could call them things like have you, know, you like, did you ever
1: play with nibs which would be if you actually flipped a jack up as the cut card yep okay yep. We we didn't find that in the rules, so we thought that that was like a house rule somebody taught us.
0: But no, I did play that. Where if okay. you flip the jack up, you got a point. Yeah, knobs that. and yeah. nibs. Yeah,
1: um, I think there's something there though. I think it could be cool to like have a race game that's driven by kind of the essentials of of cribbage. Um, right. That kind of adds another layer of strategy. I was I was really kind of thinking. I really liked the part about like the economy that was added to it. Like I'm not just moving forward. Like right. I'm preparing for my race. Like I'm, right. I got all these power things and there's these five choices that are available to me that I can spend these on if I want to, to either help me or right. hurt you. Right. Um, I think that's, that's, I love the neat.
0: short sprints, you know, a really cool thing you could do. I don't know how you would do this, but if you were doing short sprints, right? Like let's say it was stagecoach racing, right? So we do the pegging, which gets us ready. Then we do the race with our scoring, right? And then the crib builds the next track. Ah. So, like... Yeah, right?
1: I know, that'd be pretty cool. So it could be like the multi-use cards in Avalanche 80 Mountain that have numbers and suits on them and parts of the track, and maybe the different numbers are associated with different obstacles. So that way, like, there's a reason you're throwing away a three is because you see that, like, the left side is gonna be more challenging for that person to go through or something like that. What if the
0: back of the cards are literally the track?
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Like, doesn't matter what's on the cards. The back of the cards form the track. And the person... Who's first, whose, whose crib it is, makes the track.
1: Out of those cards? Are Out of five big. cards. The yeah. four
0: cards in the crib plus the card off the top of the deck. Mm. And yeah, if somebody could say, well, but if you look at the cards and the backs are different, you would know. But no, I mean, if you hold your cards, right? Right. You're just flumming through your cards. No one's going to be able to, like unless you're holding them up so they can really see, right? Right. And maybe face cards do have obstacles on them. So like when I see you've got, I can tell you have obstacles. You must have some face cards. like. That's not bad information. Like, yeah, it's
1: another layer of strategy that you can play right, to right. if you see that that's available. I think that's
0: that's the direction. Like, hmm. only because I've not seen a game do that. Where like literally like prep for the race, do the race, build the race, all in one hand, build the next race, all in one hand. Like that's cool.
1: Yeah, that's really cool. That is fun.
0: And those cards are then out of the deck for the next race. So like,
1: oh, oh, that's right. You know, because in cribbage you shuffle the entire deck every time, so you'd have to probably have a bigger deck, maybe a double deck or something like that, so you don't run out completely. Or maybe not. Or maybe really you're just playing cards. with less you're only and losing less.
0: Losing five cards.
1: And it depends on how long your race is too. Like maybe when oh. the deck runs out, your game is over too. When there's that no is, more cards to deal out. That's kind of cool
0: too. Like if you were, um, oh, if you were playing right, uh, and the cards kept getting less and less and not getting put back in, Oh, ouch.
1: Yeah. That would be good. So the card you throw away has consequences yeah. for the rest of the game. Yeah, yeah. But you might need to throw that one away to maximize how many points you're going to get in that particular, like, right. leg of the race. But
0: So 52-card deck, yeah. I would say do a double deck. Why not? 104 cards, Yeah, literally just a straight double deck. That would be easy. Yeah. There you go. That's... That would be a fun game, man. Cool. I mean, if it worked right, that would be a fun cool. game.
1: We could just add it to your co-design list. We'll just sure. Let's uh, we'll do it. Just, we'll put it together. <laughs> I'm down. <laughs> I want to hear from the builders like what theme uh, strikes them as fitting. Yes, yes, and if they like the baby races with the poopy diapers and the nanny, they like Will Smith in the Wild West, or uh, you know some other idea that feels like classic that would fit along the uh, like showboat. Like what's that? What's it called? The, what's the, a showboat? What's the boat that has like the big the paddle paddle boats paddle wheels?
0: Those are not fast though. I know.
1: (laughs) Well, well, the game the game's (laughs) not going to be fast because you're going to have to like set up. You're going to have to play the game, then you're going to move, and then you're going to set up again and play and move. It could be a river racing game, right? Like with the like because of the classic like card game feel. Anyway, yeah. Builders, tell us what you think. How about various items in a
0: store, fruit and such, racing in like. Uh, cards <laughs> like i don't know I, just, I love I'm themes carts. that are like I'm trying to think of a theme that's like bright and funny that when you see it you're like oh gosh yeah yeah my yeah,
1: thing is that. just I'm going I the the feeling that cribbage evokes for me is that like like I have family members they play only cribbage and they play it every day at lunch like they it's like they're Classic right, love. Right, it's right. just like a part of their day. And it's a part of our culture and our history. Mm. So like that, that like old and dusty is the feeling that I get when I think about cribbage.
0: That's what's funny though about putting it with something silly. Because yeah. like, think about it. If it was a supermarket, every aisle could be the race, right? Like you're creating the next aisle that you're gonna race down. <laughs> you know? And so like maybe it's got like things like mop buckets in the way or customers in the way, right? And you're like racing around people. I mean, I don't know something like that to me is feels like the right kind of cheese to have with it um because if you make it a theme that feels dusty people are gonna expect like a stodgy game and Mm. like I don't know like this doesn't feel like it should be a stodgy game like yeah because if I'm super into like Formula D style racing I'm not gonna like this game you know so but luckily for you I'm not into that (laughs) yeah no, that would be fun we should we should continue to workshop that even if it's just on the show for now i think that's a great idea cool like huh. come back maybe next time you're on we'll repitch another way that we like you know we'll see we'll talk about we'll update where it's at yeah how's that sound good sounds great cool i like the idea of kind of working through a project so that's cool all right we are out of time here big time like this episode's really long it's like well, it might actually be an hour wow. what <laughs> i know like what is that uh anything else you want to say before we go
1: no, I think I'm good. It's just fun to be back. And uh, I'm excited to continue to get these creative juices flowing, man. Yes,
0: me as well. So, all right. Well, hey, thank you for listening. Uh, you can uh, find us out there uh, on our website, buildingthegamepodcast.com. Uh, email us, buildingthegamepodcast at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook. I am starting to put more through Facebook. Uh, because yeah, it's something I want to try and focus on. So I'll be posting all the episodes out there as we go. Uh, and then maybe some other stuff we'll see. Uh, but if you've got anything, you were like, Hey, you should do this on Facebook. Let's do that. Uh, you tell me what you think we should do on Facebook and we'll see if we can do that. Um, yeah. So you can find us on Twitter. Podcast is at podcast PTG. I'm at J A Slingerland. Uh, Jason is at Jason Katarski. Uh, cause his name was just a couple letters shorter so he could have his whole name and I couldn't, <laughs> um, Otherwise, I'd be at Jason Slingerland. But anyways, yeah, cool stuff. Uh, yeah, I think that's it. Find us. Uh, give us some reviews on iTunes and stuff. We love those. So I think that's it. So, all right. Uh, good night. Later. Building the game with Jason and friends. With Jason and friends.
1: Building the game. Building the game with Jason and friends. With Jason and friends. Dial 770 tell BGG. Please don't use the email.